even just before this, literally, I was a couple minutes late because I was on the phone to another mentor who is a psychiatrist, no, psychologist. And, and so I now um, chat with him pretty much every week. And that kicked in about a year ago when I was like, man, this is tough. Like, I don't know if anyone's adding up the pressures. Like I'm seeing all the different pressures, but like no one's auditing me other than me sitting here going, oh. And so we started connecting about a year ago. I, I'm like, Justin's like, you should, you should, you should like talk to someone. I'm like, oh. I actually thought it was the weakest thing ever. Um, and I'm like, I'll do one catch up. And I actually, it was, it was, I think he knew I was only going to do one because when I sat down in this chair, he goes, I don't usually say this in the first session. And then he said something. And it, it was like, I said to him, I had a fear of failure. Like, I'm, I'm afraid of failing, I think. I don't want to let everyone down. And he asked a few questions about my childhood. And he's like, did you get bullied as a kid? I'm like, yeah, bad. And he asked a few more questions and then he goes, I don't usually say it's in session one, but I think he thought I wasn't coming back. He's like, you don't have a fear of failure. I think um, um, I think you have a, a fear of rejection. And I, I started crying. I cried the whole way back to work. And I, I actually, when I got there, Hannah, who's my amazing assistant, she's like, your eyes are very red. Like, and I'm like, I'll never book that session during work hours. But he just started to go deeper and unpack some deep stuff that, man, without that today, some of the challenges we're going through, the change we're going through, we, I'd fall apart. And I'm now seeing just more and more the importance as we grow to building those support networks that are strong. So. That was Daniel Flynn, and this is Duggett, the podcast. Welcome to Duggett, episode 51 with Daniel Flynn, the co-founder of Thank You. And today's fact of the day comes from Thank You. It's the inspiration behind the company. And it was in 2008, $50 billion was being spent on bottled water, yet millions and millions of people were living in extreme poverty and dying of waterborne diseases. And this is really the idea that inspired Thank You. And since that date, Thank You's managed to fund uh, $5.8 million dollars to put towards water access, sanitation, hygiene, and also empower 785,000 people around the world, which is just a huge effort. Yet still, one in 10 of us, that's 767 million people live in extreme poverty. So we're just getting started on this issue. And I say we, the team at Thank You and so many others to help solve this issue. And and extreme poverty is those people who live on less than a dollar and 90 a day, and they're just trying to survive rather than thrive. And so in the Western world, we've got so much opportunity to thrive and to do what we love. And yet there's a massive percentage of the, of the population that is just getting by. And so I just love the work that Thank You's doing to help uh, balance that injustice and, um, and make the world a better place and make the world a place for everyone to thrive, which is a mission of the podcast as well and, um, and something I want to really support. And another thing... To consider this week is also Mental Health Week, and I love that sentiment from Daniel at the start of the podcast about his work seeing a psychologist and um, and unraveling those deeper layers and doing the work to to really empower his own mental health and to look after himself and particularly the work he's doing, the amount of tra- if you follow his Instagram, the amount of travel he does and public speaking engagements and and to head up such a big company and take on such a big mission often you know you can't give if you don't have anything more to give so to fill up your own cup and to balance out your own life and find tools and strategies that will really work for you is so important particularly with the awareness around mental health this week and so really appreciate Daniel opening up and, and, and sharing those insights he's such a just such a wonderful humble and um, caring and passionate human being and just so much creativity and joy as well. It's just so inspiring to spend time with them and to share this episode with you today. And we dive into so many great topics, including how he balances out his family life, his other business partners, also his wife and co-founder Justine, and he's got a wonderful son, Jed. And I know he's just so excited about spending time with his family yeah, he also has to work with them, and so really interesting his insights into how he balances, uh, you know, 
personal and business life. And um, also, I love the story about uh, being interviewed by Barack Obama for the first time. I'm sure it probably won't be the, the last time. And um, how to stay humble as you, as you get more success and, and start to balancing out your own intuition still with, with data and with facts and, um, and to think differently and, 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 and what are his biggest failures and his biggest successes and his motto for life, which I just truly love, um, that impossibility is only someone's opinion, not a fact. And uh, yeah, he is Mr. Possible. So without further ado, here is the man himself, Daniel Flynn. Hopefully this one will inspire you to do just that, to believe the impossible to be possible. The last two weeks have been insane. Like, I don't even know what day it is. <clears throat> um, it's just, it's just yeah. been hectic. Because I guess we can just get straight into it. But yeah. Because you, like, as well as the f- the face of the company, you're the, like, I just see you speaking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. And um, is that is that your main role or passion or because you've got a gift for storytelling i even spoke to a friend jay goody the other night and he said you know and and a few people just come up and they just tell me how captivating your story is and how great you are and they're like yeah yeah you should be more like daniel or Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's an interesting tension between like talking about what we do and doing it and and i do both and and that is what makes us probably some early mornings and, and late nights and I see the importance of both. Like we have to tell our story um, for people to hear about it. Um, and yeah, I, I enjoy it. Like I, I, I probably don't love it as much as people think I do. Like, oh, you just must love it. I, I, I see its purpose. Like I see what it does for thank you. And you're in a room like last night in Hamilton um, to see other people, young people, old people get something from our story, then wanting to go and you know, take the example they heard or even some of the thinking and use that to challenge themselves or change what they're doing. That to me is like, that's the impact that we'll never be able to measure it. Thank you. But it's the impact that we can have. And I think that's probably where our book and speaking comes into play. It goes on to have this exponential impact. Um, yeah. So love that. Cause you've got a bit of a team around you now with your, well, I was looking at your staff and there must be 40, 50, yeah. Just stuff just on the website, let alone what you've got. Uh, our hidden stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the hidden. No, we, we, I think there's 55 people in the team. So, yeah. yeah. Um, it's epic. And I've been looking a lot into entrepreneurs and, and even for, my, for myself to start with about like unique ability and these things where, you know, we're just born with natural gifts and, yeah. and some people that's front stage speaking and some people that's backstage doing mm. admin and other people that's strategizing and crafting mm. and mm. do you feel like you know what your unique gift is or do you feel like you've got a unique purpose or unique gift? Yeah, um, it's funny actually. When we, when we met once at some random party thing, we, you were talking about this unique ability thing and I remember going, I walked away from that going, man, I've got to get this sorted. Like, come on, I've been like 10 years now, surely, after this journey and... In fact, the transition we're going through as a company right now um, is big. So behind the scenes, we're going through a big transformation. We've got a big um, restructure unfolding next. When does this go live? But next week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we've got an, an, a restructure happening and it's, it's, it is big. And my role shifts and it, it is all coming down to making sure that everyone within our organization and myself and Justine, like we are doing like our 5% or the bit that no one else can do. Um, actually, the other morning in New Zealand, I got off stage and I met this American speaker and he invited me the other morning to a talk and it's probably the most epic thing I've ever heard of. But he said, I need you to get up on that stage and do the voodoo that only you can do. <laughs> now, I don't, I'm not into voodoo, but I, that, like I just, it, it stuck with me because I'm like, yeah, there's some things that I do that I know I can do and and yeah, I need to focus on that. And so for me, that is probably around storytelling. I think it's around building 
and pitching ideas. You know, I, I love that. Getting in a room and talking about kind of a future, you know, what if we could get over there? I don't really know how to get there. I don't know exactly all the steps you're meant to take, but I know heaps of good people that can help figure that out. But in terms of like, hey, let's get there, um, maybe that's where I come in. So. Yeah, fantastic. I was listening to a podcast with Martin Kip on the way down. He said entrepreneurs take the test and figure out how to get the answers. Yeah. And most people are working their way to the test and, yeah. and we're kind of doing the opposite of what it's most a- people are doing. Um, but what, around that then, how do, do you have, because you started this when you were 19 yeah. and and that's so that's straight out of school. So ha, have you built up a bit of a team of mentors or coaches or people to help help hold you accountable or, or take you to a higher level is there anyone in particular or any support structure that's been really valuable yeah there's there's a few and it's built over the years so um mentoring from the start was a big thing like i i i, I just realized that you can sit down with someone for a quick coffee or lunch and in one moment you can learn something that took them decades I mean, Graham, one of our board members now, but he was a mentor. He he's seventy nine years old, got like over fifty five years in like global business, and it's like he he talks like he says simple things, but the weight behind it is like insane. He grew a company from two hundred million to six point seven billion, so there's some weight in that thinking. Um, but we talk about support structures and accountability. So we transi- transitioned a few years back from really a board of advisors to an actual board and then appointing a chairperson. So I now have a boss, you know, I report into Craig, he's our chair on our board and um, talk about awesome and challenging. You know, he holds me accountable and he calls a a spade a spade and um, it's, it's confronting some days. Like I know it's good for me. Like sometimes I get off the phone. I'm like, this is good for me. This is good for me. Um, we had this call a couple of weeks back and he, he got very strong. He said, Daniel, you're making excuses and you have to stop. And I'm like, Oh, what? Like they're good reasons. He's like, they're excuses and it's rubbish. And he called it and he was, it, it wasn't, it could sound harsh actually as I explain it, but it, on, on that same phone call, he said, Daniel, I believe in you and, 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 and I'm here to back you and support you, but I'm also here um, to, to challenge you. And he goes, my job is not for you to like me. In fact, even if you hate me, that, that doesn't affect me. I'm here to do a job. I believe in the vision. And that is, that is amazing and challenging and confronting, but I have gone through more growth in the last couple of years than ever because of these support structures. Um, and, 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 you know, even just before this, literally, I was a couple of minutes late because I was on the phone to another mentor who is a psychiatrist, no, psychologist. And, and so I now um, chat with him pretty much every week. And that kicked in about a year ago when I was like, man, this is tough. Like, I don't know if anyone's adding up the pressures. Like I'm seeing all the different pressures, but like no one's auditing me other than me sitting here going, Oh, and so we started connecting about a year ago. I'm like, Justin's like, you should, you should, you should like talk to someone. I'm like, Oh, I actually thought it was the weakest thing ever. Um, and I'm like, I'll do one catch up. And I, it was, it was, I think he knew I was only going to do one. Cause when I sat down in this chair, he goes, I don't usually say this in the first session. And then he said something and it, it was like, I, I said to him, I had a fear of failure. Like I'm, I'm afraid of failing. I think I don't want to let everyone down. And he asked a few questions about my childhood and it's like, did you get bullied as a kid? I'm like, yeah, bad. And he asked a few more questions and then he goes, I don't usually say it's in session one, but I think he thought I wasn't coming back. He's like, you don't have a fear of failure. I think, um, um, I think you have a, a fear of rejection. And I, I started crying. I cried the whole way back to work. And I, I actually, when I got there, Hannah, who's my amazing assistant, she's like, your eyes are very red. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'll never book that session during work hours. But he just started to go deeper and unpack some deep stuff that, man, without that today, some of the challenges we're going through, the change we're going through, we, I'd fall apart. 
and I'm now seeing just more and more the importance as we grow to building those support networks that are strong. So, sorry, that's a long answer. But. No, that's just, I was reading Jim Rohn's and he, he was just uh, just saying that uh, your kind of company and your value grows to your personal development. And I think, geez, what am I not investing in myself? What are these areas I'm not looking at, like you say, yeah. and, and that perspective, not just business, but emotional and mm. personal um, that's inspired me to, mm. yeah, <laughs> and, and to do con- some of that work myself yeah I mean yeah. he's right it's it's for me probably the most confronting thing is that the growth of thank you is capped by my ability to, to grow like we can grow in many areas but ultimately a leader's ability to grow themselves yeah I mean I found that confronting but mm. I'm, I'm up for the journey so and I think there's so many people who are, like you started this when you were 19, but there's so mm. many people who are afraid to get started on an idea or they've, yep. they've got value that could add and make the world better. What, what, what was the real spark that got you to take action? Uh, again, this Marston Kip podcast, he said, this guy he was talking to said, the way is the way. So taking the step leads to the next like it's this mm. exponential process but people get stuck mm. just taking the first step what what really got you going to yeah um, I mean I I reference a moment like most times I speak because it was for me the moment I can pinpoint as the start of this journey for me and it was um, it was literally watching videos of kids who didn't have access to clean water and probably more than that watching them just talk and open up about losing family members to waterborne disease and and I looked at that thinking that's really wrong and then thinking of my own family and my sisters um, Jess and Mel and this moment of how would I even comprehend that how would I comprehend losing my sisters to water that we were collecting for them you know like provision like it killed him and 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 so at at 19 this moment was really confronting and dark and it moved me like emotionally moved me um I don't think that's enough like uh, most of us have been emotionally moved before so I I would say that was that was a trigger for me the other half of the equation was was probably a vision so like an idea and seeing something and the something I saw was well in 2008, we were um, spending $50 billion on bottled water. Um, and so you've got extreme consumption right next to extreme poverty. And so for me, I saw in my mind, like, well, why doesn't one exist for the other? And it was like, I couldn't unsee that whole thing. And yeah, I mean, is that moment enough? No, there were many more and they built and built and built. But that was the starting point. And it sounds so simple, but I think it is as simple and as hard as just starting. That is how you start. Like I said to a girl last night, she's like, how do I start? Like, what do I do? I'm like, before you, you go home tonight, like sit in your car and start, write an email, do something now. Like I think for so long we have ideas or we get moved by stuff and then we sit back analyzing over and over and over and we wonder how do we approach it? Just do something to start the journey buy the microphone if you're going to get into podcasting, like send the email to a mentor, If it, like just do something. And that's, it's almost too simple, but it's how we started. Thank you. And it's how we start new ventures today. We just, we just start it, you know, and, and follow that. Do you find, how do you find your faith and your practice in something bigger than you supporting you through the, it's interesting, like Ben Warren's talk, He's yeah. a good friend. He talks a lot about nutrition and gut health and all this great testing. Yeah. And his number one tip is have a spiritual belief. Mm. Like have something bigger than you. Mm. This is number one health tip out of everything he does. And um, and he said if you can't kind of say it, if it doesn't come off the top of your head, then you don't yeah. really have one. Sure. Um, and I and I, I've, uh, so many people I listen to that are successful have something so much bigger than mm. than them, and and it kind of it's not all on them in some regards. Do you, yeah. I fully, fully subscribe to that idea. Um, you know, for me, I talk a lot, and you know, about my own personal faith. And I'm, 
like I'm real careful not to push it on people. Like I love that, <laughs> I love that that's his number one health tip because I see the health benefit of knowing it's not all on you. There's a bigger picture, a bigger plan, someone else in control and you're part of the story, you know, the whole story. Like for me, that's so grounding um, and important. And, you know, I, I grew up going to church. Then I sort of told mum and dad I'm not going anymore and <laughs> they weren't too happy. But um, I, 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 I gave it the flick. I then came back and made my own personal faith commitment. And that was a really interesting step because in my late teenage years, it probably wasn't the most popular thing. Like it was really weird. Like, what are you doing? Like, do you have to? It was like, no, I actually think I'm, I think this is what I'm, no, I actually think I believe this. And the more I thought, I, I went on this journey and then it became so real. And thank you for me. It's probably an expression of, you know, this idea of, of unconditional love living your life for other people that I'm probably not naturally that kid. Um, people would say, I am, you know, I'm, I'm not like I was, I was actually so driven. I wanted a BMW by 18. I wanted my first million by 21. And I was just so driven on that. Um, but my faith in the way this came in, when I got moved by this issue, it aligned to this belief of unconditional love and I mean, that was, so the life of Jesus was all about that. And so then I was like, oh man, this is kind of like what I've, what I believe, but it's a little different to the, how I pictured it working. And so I would say for me, faith is grounding. It's important. Um, And it's probably not talked about heaps by heaps of people because it's a little bit uncomfortable. It's controversial. It's like, yeah, but okay. So if you're a, if you're a Christian now, okay, cool. Now that means heaps of things. If you, if you believe this, if you, if you believe, and, and so, but I, I mean, I think it's worth talking about because I think for me, I wouldn't be here without it. I just wouldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't have kept going. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I even see a lot of like, in a lot of the business books I read, how it always ends about some kind of spiritual, whether Tony Robbins or mm. Dean Graziosi, and yeah, they're like, yeah. actually, it's not even about this. And, and they're all kind of bigger faith-based people mm. and um and you've met some amazing people with your speaking like yeah you had the chance to talk with barack obama and oh, crazy <laughs> yeah. it's just and there must be others are there any people that really stand out which have even their because there's some people in just the presence of them in the room yeah the way they shake their hand the way they stand it, it, um there's something about certain people mm. as anyone that's kind of really captivated mm. captivated you yeah there's a I mean, you reference um, President Obama. I mean, that, that, was, that was so overwhelming um, for myself and two other young people. We found out 24 hours beforehand that we were going to be interviewed by him um, and it was a 25-minute interview. And he, he, he just finished the presidency. He's interviewing. Like, we were, like we were talking beforehand. We're like, does, like, we know everyone interviews him, but who does he interview? Like, does this even happen? And he... he, he like, I think... For me, I was a little scared. Like, am I, am I going to meet him and, and be underwhelmed? You know, like, but he was, and in fact, watching him and Michelle, they were the same off stages on stage. In fact, almost better. When he walked in the room, he genuinely knew people's names. He, he walked up to him. He was asking about how their family was and he met us. He knew our names. He was probably briefed really well, but he just cared. And it was the handshake. Like, it went from... We are so nervous to feeling so comfortable. In fact, I don't know if I've met someone who's made me feel so comfortable and ability to make me laugh and and just, we had such a good conversation. Like the interview was awesome. We talked about thank you in the future and what the other guys were doing. Um, but he was an example. In fact, watching them talk about their marriage um, and their relationship was the highlight for me of that whole couple of days at their summit because you could see the way they interacted on stage and off stage and they've gone through one of the hardest things that a marriage could ever go through, a presidency, like eight years or however many years it was, media spotlight. They genuinely, you could see, loved each other. They cared, they respected, they, ah, I was like, there is hope because there are so many broken relationships that come from leadership. Um, positions. Justine and I work together. Like some people are like, no, I could never, ever, ever do that. And 
we know why they say that. There are some really hard days. But to see other people go through that and do well is awesome. Um, I'm sure there's more. I mean, that was definitely the highlight for me. And, um, you know, just there are other people in that same role that he had who don't carry that humility, who don't walk humbly. I, I deeply respect people who are the same on stage and off stage, who are humble, who are not um, caught up in their own hype. And, um, yeah, he was one of them. Yeah. That's, yeah, what a what an experience. Yeah. Um, was, because having family and f- working with family and friends, mm. it's, that's quite a polarizing discussion, like you say. Mm. And is there, what's been your kind of learnings out of it? Are there, you know, great pros or cons, or do you feel like working together with, with Justine has actually made your relationship deeper in some respects, or is it? I don't know. It's, it's yeah. an interesting position you're in. Yeah, you're not yeah. many people that run a company with their wife, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, we we have we have gone such a journey with it. You know, we like here's the amazing stuff. So you get each other. You understand what you're going through. You're like, you have a tough day at work or a tough week and you're both on the same page with that. Um, we, we're passionate about the same stuff. We are we are together on on the vision. And, and so there's so many benefits in that. And we trust each other and that's really cool. So we work close, we trust each other, um, we back each other. And then the challenges are around like switching off. Like when you part of something like, thank you, that's so all-consuming and... and and then you need to switch off because it's like Friday night, it's like midnight, you're in bed and you're talking about marketing and it's weird. So we're married, we probably should. Anyway, so we were, we were realizing it's unhealthy and how do we do this? And so we set in some boundaries, um, simple ones like there's one day a week, uh, often a Sunday, sometimes a Saturday, but it's every week and it cannot be missed. And it's one day off. It sounds simple, but it's off thank you. So the T word cannot be mentioned, which is thank you. We, um, we cannot talk about it. We cannot do emails. We cannot text. We cannot. Um, and and it, it was a way for us just to, 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 to put boundaries on that part of our life and just focus on family, each other. We've got a son now, um, Jedediah, who's a legend, and we want to in, invest in him. Um, so one day a week is not enough, but that's an example of a measure we built in um, to make it healthier. Um, we we really try not to talk about work at home. Um, so there's two types of conversations that couples will have about work. One is like, how's your day? What are you going through? And like, that's normal. But for us, the moment it transitioned into operational, like, you know, did you get back to that email or what are you thinking on this? That's when it got weird. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a journey. We, we talk to people who, who are married and work together. We're like, have you figured it out? They're like, nah. We're like, no, like who has? So I actually think not anyone's got it figured out. But there are massive benefits to doing um, an epic journey like this with your best mate, you know, with your friend, with someone who you, you deeply trust and love. Mm. That's, that's so great. I know the world's best entrepreneur coach, he's so about free days. And my dad used to teach this too, that... Mm because the trap of you just want to work the whole time and it's so yeah. easy to but how much your how much better your brain operates when you give it a break mm-hmm. and you balance things out and so his whole principle is a third of the year at least is not work related at all because you said you even get one message one text at the start of your weekend off and it could just mm-hmm. plan your head the whole time and um, mm. I, yeah that's so amazing you set those boundaries and I wonder whether like with the relationship, how much is our expectations mm. that things should be perfect or there'll never be problems and and we don't really teach that in school that just expect mm. the unexpected continually and the problems mm. are the way and um, have you got a favourite failure that's, 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 that's led you to later success or that's been, been uh, yeah I'm, I mean look the, the favourite favorite failure there are so many in our journey, but the, the the big one was just the continual failing to get big business to see our vision. So we're a social enterprise, we want to change the world, we want to give all of our profits, it's really noble in some sense, and it would get us a meeting in a room. But to get 
big business, in our case retailers, to stock our product was impossible. And, and people who know our story, like the first three years, everyone said no. Other than cool cafes and outlets that stocked us, all the big players went up for it. And it was like, we'd do a really good presentation, we'd get a meeting with a, like a, the head of marketing and we'd be so excited and then it would just it wouldn't work. Um, and, and they wouldn't take it and, and, and it was very frustrating. In fact, for five years, we couldn't get into the two biggest supermarkets in Australia. And that is not five years of not trying, that is five years of continual attempting it and failing. However, out of that great failure or series of failures, we really learnt from it. And one of our greatest moments in the thank you journey was at year five, when essentially we changed the order of how the system works. So usually you present your idea to a retailer, they say yes, and then you you get national awareness and then you hope it sells. And we flipped it by getting national awareness before the meeting and posting a video and, and we asked people to upload their support. Um, onto the Coles and Woolworths Facebook page saying that if they stocked our thank you products that people would buy them. And it was a risk. In fact, actually, uh, some people were really negative on it when we launched the campaign. We called it the Coles and Woolworths campaign and people were like, you can't, you know, this is ambush marketing. You guys are, this is cheeky, this is so off brand and like people were critical. But we had tried the system and the way you meant to do it for five years. So we were ready. And people sung, dance, rapped. And then um, my favorite thing is the helicopter pilots, Peter and Jeff, who flew for free helicopters above the supermarket head offices with these big signs. Uh, and one said, dear Coles, thank you for changing the world. In brackets, if you say yes. Right. So bit of fun, all donated, flew around. And the, the story goes that five hours after the meeting at Coles and three hours after Woolworths, they say yes. So it broke industry record, it, 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 it was off the charts. But that's probably taking these failures, learning. And we sat in that meeting and usually they would say, cool idea, cool concept, but where's your awareness? How are you gonna get it? We're now in a meeting where, where you don't even have to bring it up because you just saw like 150 media articles, you saw social media blow up, like we just answered the awareness question. Um, yeah, so that's 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 up there with probably one of the favourites. Yeah, love it. What what ideas are you really excited about at the moment? Because if you're an ideas person, you probably have too many ideas. Yeah, as well, which is another blessing and a curse. Yeah. But is there anything you're just super excited about? Um, even a possibility? Maybe it's with outside of thank you. Sure. I don't know. Um, we we probably the illusion of thank you or um you get a chance to speak a bit there's a book about thank you like the illusion of all that stuff is i think that people would think we've just got it nailed and we're good and they're in a tough spot i think we're facing some of our toughest times ever um fly back to melbourne tomorrow and got some really tough meetings with the team and stakeholders because we are making some really tough but important calls and I'm excited by where it's going to lead us because really for us right now it's about focus like laser focus um, and I, I do have too many ideas and it is quite distracting so this is literally the opposite of chasing every idea and it's actually really going hang on what is the, the stuff we're actually really really good at um, what are the categories we're really really winning in and, and, and basically narrowing our focus to that and then expanding that pretty rapidly. So we've got some big ideas in the coming years, but um, it's actually, it feels a bit backwards. We're taking backward steps to really nail something and then one day off that platform of, hey, you guys really did that well on, on a bigger scale. Cool. Now you're going to do all these ideas. We'll back them because you, you proved yourself. So a lot of it I feel like is resume building. Um, but it, it excites me because I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, that interview with, with Obama, he, he's like, so when's this coming to America? You know, it's like, what? You know, but I love that within a few seconds, anyone is like, hey, this should be in other countries. This should be global. This should be. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but we're pretty pumped about the future. Love it. Yeah, there's something, something about focus that keeps getting 
reiterated to me by my uh, business partner as well that there's, there's something to just going deep in one area. Yeah. And it's funny you said that. I just read Phil Knight's book, The Nike Story. And you mm. think, mm. you know, you think a company like that, but his progression, it's like the company really fell over it. You know, it's doing hundreds, you know, tens, hundreds of millions in turnover yeah. and it, yeah. it was still, they were still on the knife's edge and, and it's refreshing to read because you think, mm. like you say, there's this, the social media and everything portrays a certain image, which is often mm. just the good stuff. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. I even saw a guy in the supermarket yesterday, and he was saying, oh, "It worked so well when the products were on display." And he was trying to set up the display in the supermarket <laughs> to get more awareness with the thank you products. Awesome. And um, I just think there's so much stuff is going in behind the scenes to get this out to people. Yeah. Uh, for for people who I've been talking about to young people and looking at future problems to solve, are there any like an aspiring young person or Anyone really? Are there other areas you think you'd love to see someone working in to, to sort out? Because you're so mm. focused on what you do, but yeah, yeah, you're like, well, there's a big area here that someone should be jumping into. Or um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm probably pretty big on um, because I know how hard it is to change anything, like behavior or thinking or raise money or start something. Um, I, I see a lot of problems and challenges out there, but I, I think it it's going to come down to individuals going, what do I see? You know, like, what do I see as the issue? What moves me? Because you need that deep belief. You need something in you to drive you versus, oh, that person said this is a good thing, so I should chase that. I, that that'll probably fall over. You've got to have that deep, deep conviction because there are so many moments where you want to quit and you're like, I can't do this anymore. So it's going to come back to your own personal view and conviction versus like a borrowed or a suggested plan. So like that's probably the thing is like to people, what, 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 is, what is driving you, moving you? What makes you angry? Um, I, I, I just, I struggle with injustice and I feel like it's just everywhere. It's in, at, a, at a micro level, at a global level. I think we are so driven by money as a society um, that we make just, Oh, so many unethical calls and and that is that's one side I mean there's another thing I'm really probably really passionate about and it's that from the schoolyard to media we are so quick to take facts out of context and then sum someone up or an organisation and just like hammer them and kill them and like it's the tall poppy thing it's just let's just rip them down or let's define them by like at school I had a strong lisp um and I hated that it was called a lisp and I had I had be like my ears my ears stuck out I actually got them pinned back when I was like 10 years old it's kind of crazy when I think about it but they stuck out and I felt awkward and I hated it. I got paid out and so because of like these little random features I was defined I was bullied it was just it was the worst and I hate that because I think that destroys the soul and like kind of questions who you are and it it's so damaging so for me I'm like like the whole movement on positive um you know image and positive self-image and you know looking for the best in people not the worst it seems simple but actually I reckon most of our issues in the world come from these insecurities and people not you're not really seeing for people who they are and just filtering it through, you know, facts out of context. So anyway. Yeah, I keep thinking unique ability and if everyone was in the unique ability, which is so different for everyone, then how wonderful the world would be because you'd be doing the thing you're gifted at, the thing you love. Yeah. And then you'd appreciate that more in others. And I feel so many of our issues are like, you say, trying to put someone and judging them by someone else. And, yeah. um yeah, when you're so focused on business, though, what what's what's your balance? Mm. Is I mean, you've got the family. Is are there any other hobbies or passions? Do you have a side rock and roll band? Or no. <laughs> I, I, that, <laughs> I actually did used to play the guitar, and it wasn't a band. Um, but anyway, the lead singer went solo, and he's gone on to actually be global. He's a legend. But uh, I I don't have any major side things. Like I love. 
in my head I go snowboarding, so that helps. Um, and then every now and then I actually get to a snowfield. Um, family is big, and you know, even this morning, um, got to drop um, Jed off at kindy, um, go in, see the sand pit, hang out with him for a little bit um, this morning, and then at kindy, and then breakfast with Justine. And we, like, it seems pretty simple, but at the moment, like, they're they're the luxuries. I just, I love, I love that. And and this week we've tried to have more of that because I've been traveling so much. So that's big. And then, I mean, outside of work. Kind of got, yeah, not a lot. It's mm. it's pretty all-consuming. Well, and what's something you believe is true that others disagree with you on? Is there anything that comes to mind that most people are disagree with you? Ah, uh, it's an interesting question. Like a bit like that, you know, work with your family or or yeah. yeah. Um, I think there is a lot of people that have a question mark on the scalability of thank you and its true ability to have the impact that I would say it will have and, and the, the vision of the scale because it is so opposite to the, um, the way the system works now, you know, in terms of um, capitalism, in terms of investment, in terms of growth and all the normal things that fuel business, we've taken some of the fundamentals out. No investors, um, which, you know, it, it is flawed. I love it. I believe in it. It'll only work if people back it. It'll only work if, you know, miracles happen. But I'm, I'm up for that journey. Um, a lot of people don't, like they, they think Thank you's done a great job, but there's so far to go and we may never get there. Um, anyway, I'm pretty convinced on that. The, the other thing I would say that comes to mind is, I just believe deep down humans are good. Um, and it's deeper for some, but I just, I, I do. I think humans are ultimately good. And there's a few bad cases, but uh, even them probably, you know, they got stuff that happened in childhood and stuff that, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's hard to explain every, every person, but we've done a couple of things that thank you that have proven it to me. Like we launched chapter one, our book with a pay what you want price. So that was in retail stores online and even the retailers are like, but what if people pay five or 10 cents? And we're like, yeah, what if they do? And it's like, you, you will lose money. Yeah, we will lose money. But the bet is that overall humans are good. And we've seen, yes, people pay five and 10 cents. And we've seen people pay 10,000 and the most is 50,000. And uh, last night someone paid $1,000 for, for, for chapter one. and and. On average, we are way higher than if we did a normal retail price. So, you know, in that lies to me the answer, but I've seen so much good in people through the thank you journey. And most people would subscribe to that. I think there's probably a more skeptical view that, yeah, but humans are fundamentally self-centered and selfish. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, I love it. And the, the book's just, I think, over two and a half million just from the book alone. Yeah, and yeah. I love that doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing, but you also strike me as someone who's very like heart, soul, mind aligned. And I listened to the guy who founded Power Rangers yesterday, was hmm. the day before, and he did all this great stuff in music. And he he just went on gut feeling with so many things. Mm. He, he just he said everyone was saying don't do it. He's like, oh, this is a great sign because I feel good about it. Yeah. Um, and do do you have cases where maybe you've you know, your gut's telling you no, um, and you've done something, or or is that a constant feedback mechanism for you? Um, I don't know if you got any insights around that more not so rational thinking. Mm. I mean, yes. So the thank you journey is so full of moments of um, both. So gut feel going, this feels right, and the data says no, or the people say no, or... One example of that is the book is printed in landscape, um, which is flipped. And, and, and the data or the research was um, there was no bestseller. Australia, New Zealand, America, Europe, London. Like, it was awesome. I'm like, no one's done it. Let's flip it. And Justine was full. Like, me and her in the car one day on the freeway, we had this idea about how do you cut through. And by the end of that car ride, we data aside, we're like, this, is, this has to happen. It just has to. The more we researched it, it was like, okay, no one has done it. That's an opportunity. Um, 
one of the publishing groups are like, but there's a, there's a reason millions of books are written the other way. And one of the questions we asked was, what is it? They're like, oh, well, we don't know, but there would be one. And I'm like, how funny is that? Like we were all like assuming, and there, there might be some research, but we changed it. The gut feel was it'll pay off because books, when someone's reading it in public, it'll stand out because it just visually looks like someone's holding a book the wrong way. That has paid off. A girl at a conference the other day, she was like, oh, I was in Utah reading the book and I had two people I had to explain the whole thank you concept to because of the orientation of the book. So that that's awesome. Um, the other thing is that the book made you feel uncomfortable and it's actually hard to get people to feel stuff these days. But we thought that's an important feeling, feeling of discomfort, because this is a journey of discomfort and ideas to reality is uncomfortable. So the book is a metaphor, but that, I mean, the data just didn't lead to that. The gut absolutely did. Um, The gut feel that our hand washers would work. Both supermarkets in Australia, when we launched our body care range, said no, no, no. no. They said, we've got the, the, we've got the data that says premiumization of this category won't work. We've tried it before it failed. We're like, well, we believe it will work. And, and, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was a gut feel. It was Justine and I, I liked it, but she really had this strong gut feel. It's now the number one, number two, and number four hand washing grocery in Australia. And all the big money data said no. So that there are so many rewards for going against the grain. Now on the flip side, there's been some other times where probably more with people, my gut was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to go well, but the opportunity is there, the money is there, there, you know, and, and pushing past that. I don't think there's once where I've pushed past that and gone, good call, Daniel. It, it's usually ended very, very, very badly and or just very bad. And, and, and so oh, it's hard, though, because the bigger something gets, the more you wonder, is my gut, like, do I... Do I go with my gut again, even though now the numbers are like just insanely bigger and the risks are bigger? But um, I mean, that's the the challenge and the opportunity. Yeah, I think we're at an interesting point too. Yuval Noah Harari was saying, it'd be silly to trust your gut when you've got Google Maps and you're driving somewhere. Yeah. Because he, he said often, we've got some, in, in some areas, we've got intelligence that's so much smarter than us. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so the, he used the Google Maps example, and I thought that's interesting. We're going to get to an interesting place where maybe you, you know, are hiring someone, and there's some yeah. test that could really actually create much greater insights than you could. Um, mm. But I love the question you had, which was, what, what is the research? Are there questions you like to ask yourself on a regular basis? I mean, one that I love from Tim Ferriss is, what would this look like if it was easy? Or yeah. the Peter Thiel, how could he do this? And the 10 year goal in six months. Um, yeah. Are there reframing questions you're often? Yeah. So probably the biggest one for me is, um, but what if it did work? <laughs> and it seems almost like you're just trying to be smart or annoying. It's not, it's, it's like people are so quick to be like, oh, okay, here's what, yeah, great idea. Here's why it won't work. But, but what if it did, you know? And like, then from what if it did, it's like you get a picture of, ooh, that'd be awesome. So how could we get there? So I know we can't get there, apparently, but how could we? So it's the how could we and the but what if it did work? They are, they for me are really important questions to ask um, because they open up my mind. The whole can't thing or it just it just traps you. So, yeah, man, that, that's, that, that's what works for me. Cool. And we're going to get you got to get going but um maybe just a couple of questions to wrap it up is there um advice to your younger self you if you're starting if this all ended you have to start a company again or maybe you're just 20 years old 19 years old again is there anything you would you'd really change or yeah pass on um it's a good question i think i would would encourage myself to enjoy the process more, um, particularly the first probably four, three, four years. Even beyond that, I, I do struggle to enjoy the process because I'm so driven for like the next thing, the next opportunity, the next, you know, and, and it was a, a guy called me on it once 
he, he became a mentor, but the first time we caught up, so I didn't even know him, but the first time we caught up, we're three years into our story. He goes, do you celebrate the wins? I'm like, yeah, 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 totally. So like, cool. What was the win? What day did you celebrate and how did you celebrate? I was like, oh, crap. And he called me on it. And I had, I had nothing. I was just so embarrassed. He was a really successful person and probably because he asked good, good questions. And he goes, I would suggest you don't celebrate the wins and that's the greatest um, trap to both you and your team. You'll destroy people. You'll burn people. You'll burn yourself. And I looked backwards, talked to our team and people were like, yeah, it's really hard here. Like you are so focused that like nothing's ever good enough. Like we're never, and I'm like, oh, it was very confronting. So I'm trying to even today more celebrate the wins. And, and I'll be honest, I find it hard because, you know, you know, I mean, I mean, in New Zealand, the launch has gone really, really well. And I'm, I'm, it has like we, we had stock selling out week one on shelf. That was really that was actually rare. That that hasn't happened in Australia for a launch. Then we had some of our data about six weeks in show that one of our hand washers, based on dollar sales in the stores we were in, was at number one. That took years in Australia. So that showed, wow. But then for me, hard to celebrate because I'm like, yeah, but we've got the rest of the range and we haven't launched in the other half of the market yet and we've got so far to go and you can't be that kid who's, you know, one kilometre into a marathon going, yeah, we're winning. Like it's, it's just, it's like there's a long game here. So I actually have to watch out on this all the time because it's not healthy. So I would tell myself to relax a little and enjoy the process more. If you could have one ultimate celebration or is there kind of a bucket list thing you'd love to do? There's people booking trips to the moon now. Yeah. <laughs> like, have you have you got anything outside of work? It's like, well, I'd love to build that house. I mean, for me, I want to cycle across Europe, but, I, wow. you know, it's driving Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. The mission to go to the moon is driving their businesses. Have you got yeah. other great goals that are kind of driving you as well or that you'd like, love to achieve? That's that's a that's a good question. It's probably gonna make me reflect post this interview because I I I think for me I have a picture of what I, I see thank you looking like years probably decades from today and I'm like I struggle to look much past that and that is the focus and that is a we're a long way off it and 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 so yeah I probably should have more goals outside of that but there is probably another picture I have and it's just a family and. Um, you reference house. I mean, I, I actually thought I was going to be a, a, a builder and developer, and I loved architecture, design homes, which is a little different to the work we do. Thank you. But that thought of just that real minimalist home with a view on a mountain, just with family, just like peace and, and quiet, like, you know, I, yeah, that's on the bucket list. Um, cool. Ma- many, many moons away. And as you've mentioned, a lot of the mentors, is there one best piece of advice you've had that stands out? Yeah, probably probably the best that um, along the journey was one one CEO once said to me, Daniel, get momentum. Once you have it, you can ask for things you could never ask for without it. And he said, your job is to get momentum and to keep it. And it's it's really profound like it's what built thank you all of our campaigns built momentum that unlocked doors that had more people wanting in and wanting in and and so yeah momentum's everything and you can feel it when you don't have it but when you do have it it's quite an amazing feeling because almost doors just fly open in front of you and um yeah love it and you've got your own book are there any other books movies resources that have really um been impactful that you often recommend yeah um books for me like there's, there's a couple that come to mind there's a, a book called do purpose um for those who are in um into building businesses on on a mission uh it's called do purpose uh, why companies that do good win i think but it's it's basically a picture book but like every page just hits you with wisdom um so much of that book really resonates with thank you and our team. Um, I, I love uh, Seth Gooden and a lot of his writings. So Tribes and Purple Cow were really 
uh, books that really, you know, impacted me and, and a lot of our thinking. In fact, I'm halfway through a book of his, The Icarus Effect, and there's this line in it, like, that we are all artists. And to the, the mission we have is to do our art. And, and I, I'm like, the more I'm reading, I'm loving that. So, um, and then probably on the other end of the spectrum to Seth would be John Maxwell. I think he's, he's a leadership guru. One of his books I, I read early on was 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And it's confronting and important. And he nails it. Law of the Lid almost references what we are talking about beforehand, but you can only lead people to the level you've gone to. And that's that capping thing that I'm working on. Um, so, so, oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I might leave it there. I'm sure right. there's more. And is there a couple of things you're grateful for today? Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for the relationship with, um, with Jed and Justine. It's like to think of how hard the last couple of years have been. So on a personal level, so the business has been epic growth, awesome. But the flow and effect to us, like just the physical drain, there's been a few health challenges, like to go through it all and have that strength of relationship and just love spending time together. And like that for me right now is so, um, yeah, I'm grateful for it. And, you know, I think my faith too, like there's been moments where I've doubted everything, <laughs> everything on the planet and myself, but just to, to actually go, no, I feel grounded in that. So faith and family, um, and then people, just those ones who are around me, particularly at the moment, supporting what is epic change and calling me out on stuff um, and then encouraging me. Um, yeah, people. Love it. And um, the last one, I always like to film it too, if that's all yeah, right. Yeah, sure. And it's just if... I'll film you, film me. <laughs> now there's a... <laughs> Love it. Um, is there, if you had one piece of advice... That, that you could share or pass on um, to live a happy, successful life or maybe it's just one piece of advice you'd love to share, uh, what, what would it be? I think the one piece of advice, it might sound so simple, but I couldn't not put it on the front of the book and it's just that you have or we have the power to change stuff. So that's from the problems we see, um, the, the stuff we feel, um, right or wrong about in the world or even just ideas that we have we can make them a reality and it might sound generic but our journey is that changing stuff from book orientations to product categories to now uh, over you know nearly a million people's lives impacted um, we've got a lot of change yet to make but yeah you can change it just get out there and go go go, go. fantastic yeah. oh thanks so much for your um your time, Dan, it's so inspiring. and man. Yeah, I, I think time is the most valuable resource we have. Well, John Kuhlman said that to me, and it really struck yeah. struck me. So um, take, when you've got so much on your plate to take an hour to, to chat and, and share your message, um, you really appreciate it and love your work. And I guess people can find you in all the supermarkets and online. Mm. Is there anything else you want to send them or call them out to to do? Nah, people are pretty quick these days, like jump online, yeah. follow our stuff. I mean, we, we've got a big, big, big plan for New Zealand and then beyond and the more people on board, the better. But um, yeah. Here we go. Love it. Grateful for your work, man. Hey, thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, brother. Wow, what an episode that was. Thank you so much to Daniel and the team at Thank You for all the work they're doing. Make sure you check out their products, support them. Um, such a great business. Hopefully it inspires you to, to create your own version of thank you, whatever that is, to get started, to go, 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 as Daniel Slay says, and, um, and do the voodoo only you can do. So solve the problems that come to you. Uh, share your unique ability with the world. Do the thing that you're uniquely gifted at. That is your gift for the world. Um, and that's the inspiration for me to think less, experience more, to do, to get out there and take action, to get started. So... And also, Mental Health Week again. Take some mental health days. Take a day off the devices. Just take a break from work as well to really enjoy life, enjoy the journey. And um, 
Speaking of enjoyment here, again, just a thank you to the music from Arthur Arbez in the background. Another thank you to thank you. And um, thank you to you for listening and all your support. If you've really enjoyed the episode, would love you to share it. And um, any comments, reviews, uh, feedback would be greatly appreciated. We're all in this together. And um, it, it's a difficult one for me, that, that scarcity mindset. I think it's it's just inborn in us, but we live in an abundant world now. And so I just think so much of life is getting out of that scarcity, about sharing more, about doing more, about having abundant thoughts. Again, impossible is just an opinion, not a fact. Get out there, make impossible a possibility. Get started, think less, experience more, and hope you dug it. <laughs>